Good morning, Arkansas. Your morning show is on the radio. Good morning, Kelly Perry. Good morning, Brandon Baxter. Here we are. Today is Wednesday. It's November the 18th of 2020. I would assume from what you've said so far this morning, you had a rather long Tuesday. It Basketball season has started. So when, you're, when your child is in senior high, all those games are later at night. Yeah. They're not 5 o'clock games. They're like 7.15 games. How was that? It was good. Did your son do okay? He got to play. Yeah, I was very excited. Congratulations to Kurt. Yeah, it's a chicks, big congratulations. Man. I don't know about chicks, Oh, uh, no. That's the reason you play sports. Let's be honest. <laughs> That's the reason you tried out for sports. That is the reason I tried out for sports. <laughs> I'll never forget going to my first baseball tryout because I was probably a little older. Speaking of baseball, you got a nice little baseball well, shirt on today. Thank you. Fits the role. <clears throat> but I go in to try this baseball deal, and there's hundreds of kids and parents and coaches, and they're... They're recruiting people to their teams, and I'd never played baseball before. So you can imagine when they're trying to field stuff, and we're inside, I can still picture it, inside a gym, and like balls are coming at me, and I have no idea what to do. I have no idea how I'm going to catch it. I'm scared the ball's going to hit me if I do try to catch it. They try to do the grounders and the pop-ups and all this different stuff. And I realized as I left that baseball probably wasn't for me. (laughs) And then we looked to see if I made a team. I don't even know if I made a team. Brandon, if it was like city stuff, you had to have made a team. I don't think they I ever made a team. let everybody play. I don't think I ever made a team. They just accidentally left that little kid off. Yeah. I never played a game until I did that one game of celebrity softball that made the news because I tried to uh, oh, I run through the base. I thought I could run through second base like you could run through first no, base. No, you can't do that. Well, I did. And, and, you, and you celebrated that you made it to the base. And then you got tagged out. Yeah, final out of the game. <laughs> Our team lost. And I was, I Your argued poor it. poor wife. With the, with the umpire, I was arguing it. And they're whatever they are. I'm like, no, no, I tagged the base. They're like, you can't tag the base and run to center field. Oh. But I tagged the base. Man, I'm telling you, my life has been a comedy. <laughs> the whole way. Again, it's November the 18th. It's National Princess Day. So celebrate the princess in your life. I'm going to have to find one. Also, uh, National Adoption Day, and it's Mickey Mouse Day. So, Mickey Mouse's birthday. I think he's like 92. Oh. So, congratulations. At the age of 92, that sucker still doesn't have to wear pants. He's got it made. (laughs) Let's throw one back on this day in country music with Brandon Baxter in the morning. So, the year was 1998, and the Chicks, at that point known as... The Dixie Chicks, they had the number one song in country music on this day.
The twins. Yeah. Uh, Natalie and the really precious. Margo. T. Marty. M. And Megan. Emily. (laughs) So there you go. I hate it when you do that. The chicks' wide open space is number one on this day. In 1998. And I can tell you right now, this is going to be a long day. What's happening with your favorite celebrities? Brandon Baxter in the morning's Gotcha Gossip. Gotcha Gossip on People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. The issue is set to come out this Friday. And the sexiest man alive, according to People Magazine, is... Who is it? Michael B. Jordan. Boom, number 23. That's awesome. No... No, not that. No, not that basketball player. Bald guys rule. Not, no, not our Michael Jordan. This is Michael B. Jordan. He's an actor. I know you're not into movies much, but he was in Black Panther. Uh, he was. He's an actor. Yeah, Aww, so I knew that. You thought it was Michael? Oh, I thought he's the 23rd sexiest oh, man alive. Oh, oh, of course. Well, the reveal was made on Jimmy Kimmel Live, and Michael walked out like disguised in this yellow hazmat suit with this drawn smiley face covering his face. So they disguised him in his voice, and they allowed the audience to make guesses like, are you an actor? Are you in yeah, the Marvel yeah. Universe? All that kind of stuff. So after they revealed him, he talked about how women in his family are really proud because he said when my grandmother was alive, People Magazine was something she collected. Like, he would come in and they would have all the People Magazines. And his mom naturally reads it, and so do all of his aunts. So this is one that they're definitely going to have a special place for. But again, Michael B. Jordan is People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive. You think your life changes when you get that uh, honor, that uh, when you're distinguished enough to be the People Magazine Sexiest Man Alive? I think maybe when you're younger, yeah. But I think when you're older, it's kind of a... They almost... A lot of the guys joke each other about it. Like, they, they'll play with each other about it, and they make... You know, they do yeah. stuff to each other. Yeah, that sounds kind of making cool. fun of each other. Yeah. Congratulations to Michael mm-hmm. Jordan there. Hey, also got you gossip on George Clooney. We have 14 million reasons why you might want to be his best friend. At one point, he was thinking about the guys who were there for him in his life, those who helped him when he was struggling, and he realized that he had like 14 really great friends. So he decided that he didn't want to wait until he died to give them something special. He wanted to give them spe- something special while he was alive, and he confirmed. That at one point he got 14 different friends, 14 different suitcases, and each suitcase 
he put $1 million into. <laughs> and like a big surprise party, the friends all come over, they open a suitcase, and there's a million bucks for each of them. I don't even know. Wow. He gave away $14 million bucks at one point, and he said he had to go in and had to find a way, almost like a heist, to get all the money at once. Because where do you go to get $14 million in cash? He had to go to this place, an old beat-up florist van, so people wouldn't know it was him. <laughs> And he had to go in there in a freight elevator and get all of this cash. It's like a movie. It was him and security guards. And then he drove around with 14 million bucks in cash to go and meet his friends. Wow. Pretty cool story, though, from George Clooney. Gotcha gossip on Conan O'Brien. So he announced last night he's saying goodbye to his late night show after 28 years on the wow. air. And he's moving to a weekly variety program with HBO Max. So his show on TBS Late Night is set to end of June uh, next year, and he's gonna he's been doing this show for eleven years. And before TBS, he hosted Late Night with Conan O'Brien for over fifteen years on NBC. So he has a lot going on and has a really good podcast. If y'all are in podcast called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, mm-hmm. but they haven't given a release date yet. But Conan O'Brien, another show headed to HBO Max. And got you gossip on Scott Disick, the, uh, mm. the father of Kourtney Kardashian's children. Uh, <laughs> let me give you a heads up. You know he's gone through some relationships. Courtney Kardashian, then he dated Sophia Ritchie, who was a tad bit younger than him. So Scott Disick is 37. His new girlfriend is similar to Sophia Ritchie. She's a tad bit younger. She's 19. Her name is Amelia Hamlin. She's the daughter of Harry Hamlin and Lisa Renna. Is that crazy? Mm -hmm. What is it about this 37-year-old man that has 19-year-old women going crazy? I personally don't know. Is it is it a little much? Yes. Would that tarnish him? Like, let's say you met Scott Disick. Would that tarnish him to think that he was dating people that much younger? I mean... You can say yes or no. I would have a little bit of a, like, kind of a gross feeling. Like, ugh. You think he's good looking, though? I mean, yeah, he's attractive, but he's... I don't know. The young girl thing not exactly working for you? Uh-uh. Scott Disick, 37, his new girlfriend, is 19. And, of course, every morning here on Brandon Baxter in the morning, we got you gossip. Brandon Baxter in the morning. Just going through some of these photos of Scott Disick with Amelia Hamlin. It looks like he's on the beach with his daughter, but his daughter isn't wearing enough on her backside. I know. It's I'm gonna awkward. post it. It's awkward. I want to know what you think of this. Mm. You can check out the pics here in just a few minutes on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Brandon Baxter on the radio. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So if you're on Twitter, there is a new deal on Twitter where we can have disappearing tweets. Hmm. They're called fleets. So if you haven't updated your Twitter app as of yet, basically it's stories now for Twitter. Oh, okay. And I was trying to figure out, like, do we really need that? Because isn't Twitter basically just little quick stories anyway? Kind of. But the vision behind this is, is that when you post a fleet, it's only up for 24 hours. So much like an Instagram profile or something like that, where, you know, you can post pictures that stay forever Mm -hmm. and then your stories are, you know, 24 hours. That's what the fleet is. They're just trying to get in on the same stuff, right? So, but like, we didn't know they were doing that. So I go to my app and I'm like, wait a minute, has something happened different with Twitter? But now there's so many different things. Like if you're trying to, you know, be a brand manager, if you're trying to market something, like there are so many different avenues that you have to be able to go to. Mm -hmm. Like I remember when we, when I first started doing the radio show, uh, I was like 2001, 2002, like the websites were there, 
But that's really it. Right. Like you didn't update them. Mm-hmm. Maybe you had a bio. Yeah. You know, where, oh, here's what I think. And I'm from Irving, number. Texas, you know, <laughs> like to call or something. Yeah, that's basically yeah. it. And then, you know, you had the the gradual introduction of social media and then blogging and all that different stuff. And now if you're a, a media personality, if you're a brand manager, even if you're just trying to to market yourself as uh, for your career, mm-hmm. like you have to be in so many different places. Do you think you'll be fleeting? Probably not. It's the it's the app that I'm probably least on. Really? I like it. Like, I, you know, kind of like looking at the news and quick things, but I'm not going to probably post on it. See, Are I you? do. Really? I like it, you know, and because, but I get, I get to keep up with a lot of the news stuff that I enjoy, like mm-hmm. quick little headlines. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. I mean, probably if I had to get rid of one, golly, I don't know which one I'd get rid of. Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Which one would you get rid of? I don't know. Like if you had to, you have to dump one. I know which one. Which one would you get rid of? Facebook immediately. Really? Mm-hmm. But you're still there. Because, remember, because remember, of jobs. Remember when you said you were going to delete it and never go back to it and you yes, never got off of it? Yes, but when you have a business and then you, you have this job, you kind of need to have it. Yeah, it's an outlet. People can reach us and stuff. Yeah. But that's an interesting question. If you had to dump one of the social medias, mm-hmm. which one is the least important to you? And then other kids, they have to deal with TikTok or um, Snapchat. Which one would you dump? Is Snapchat still a thing? Yes. <clears throat> the TikTok not replace app? I, no, I definitely think it's replaced it, but I I think people still Snapchat. All right. Do I still have TikTok? I still don't know what to do on there. Like, this is where I feel like I've hit you the just age watch of stuff. Like my grandma. You know, it's my like, oh, just watch stuff. What do I do? Do they do they ever TikTok? Uh, not really. Post or whatever? Not really. Oh, here it is. I couldn't even find, I didn't even know what it looked like on my phone. I'm there, though. Hey, if y'all are there and you want to see me, I don't ever tick or talk. Uh, Brandon <laughs> on KFIN. <laughs> if you want to go. And follow me for absolutely no reason. Brandon Baxter in the morning. I feel kind of, I don't know. I feel a little bit exhilarated this morning. Why? Because you always make fun of me for being kind of safe and not really a risk taker. Uh-huh. Like, you know, you're the one that would want to jump out of a plane or, you know, walk yeah. to the edge of a building and look down right. or hit the button in the elevator and mm-hmm. stop it. You know, yeah. and I'm like, no, don't do anything. Mm-hmm. I'm a little more cautious. But I feel more like a risk taker today because... <laughs> I'm almost on empty, but I don't want to get gas, so I'm risking it. Like, what do you mean almost? And tell me about your truck. Does it tell you exactly, or does it say, hey, you have about this much left? Well, I don't know if it's exact. It's, you know, I haven't had it long enough to know if it's exact. So there's one time in my life I completely ran out of gas, and I knew I was trying to get to the gas station. Mm-hmm. I was trying to get to the gas station by Tom Thumb in Plano, Texas, and I ran out of gas on the road. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Because I had my blinker on. I was about to make the turn, but I'm out of gas. <laughs> so you had to coast. Well, I think I had to have somebody help push me or something. I can still visualize this Tom Thumb grocery store. I really think this is a guy thing. And I love it. So, because I don't want to really stop and like, I want to stop when it's convenient to me and I got more time. Convenient? Is it convenient to run out of gas on the side of the road? Well, no, that's not convenient either. I need you to come get me. So my my truck starts telling me at about 50 miles, hey, you need to get gas. Uh And then at 25 miles, it's like, hey, idiot, you need to get gas. But my deal is I live so close to the radio station now that I feel like I can go back and forth all week on empty. Is there a gas station here at the radio station? There's not, but it would actually take me longer to get to the gas station than it takes oh me to get home. Oh my gosh. So what I do is I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and coast. And chance it. I'm not going to hit the gas too hard. 
So right now I'm sitting on 13 miles to empty. Are you the one that turns down the radio, turns off all the power things, the air, because you think it all is sucking out the gas? Yeah, I'm being careful. Being very careful there. I have 13 miles. So my question to Mm -hmm. you today is in the exhilaration of knowing Mm -hmm. I'm I'm risky, Mm -hmm. I'm chancing it. Should I get gas today or go one more day? I want you to go one more day, and I would like all of our listeners to know I will be following you. Okay. And I'm going to video it, so when you run out of gas and you're pulled over on the side of the road, I'm waving at okay. you. So I was in a drive through <laughs> last night picking up some food for Kai, right? And my truck, it's a Ford. It has a deal that automatically will kind of cycle down if you're sitting still, right? It's supposed to be like a little saver thing. Yes, I don't like mine as well. I don't like it. Do you have that same gimmick? Uh-huh, and I turn it off. It's EcoBoost. Is that mm-hmm. what it's called? So anyway, uh, I'm sitting there last night, and the thing shuts off, and I think, oh my gosh, I'm out of gas in the drive-through. <laughs> if you were that guy, what would I do if I ran out of gas in the drive-through? To, you'd have to put it neutral and have someone push you out of the way and park. Push a truck? Have you ever pushed a truck up a hill? N- well, neutral. You've pushed a truck up a hill. All the time. I do it All right. every other day in my workout. We're going to go out front, and I'm going to put my truck in neutral, and you're going to park it, you're going to push it up the hill here. Okay. All right, but I'm risking it, and wow. I think I'm going to go at least one more day. Because, like, I'm not even a mile from work. Brandon. From home, I mean. It's not smart. Is it accurate? Like, do I really have just 13 miles to go, or do I have 13 miles plus, like, 25? Oh, like I'm a, sure it's it's plus 25, That's at least. what I think, too. Sure. I think it's just a gimmick to get us there quicker, but we uh-huh. really still have a little bit of a reserve. Uh-huh. A reserve. So we'll see how that goes. I feel exhilarated, though. I'm risking things. Wow. I'm adventurous. Mm-hmm. I know this sounds crazy. Believe me, I know it. It's crazy. That sounds kind of crazy. You must be crazy. And people are crazy. There's a 44-year-old guy named Matthew from Palo Cedro, California, and he's been running a $35 million Ponzi scheme since 2015, mainly by convincing people at his megachurch to invest with him, and then he's been pocketing the money. Earlier this week, the FBI went to his house to arrest him. Well, Matthew took off in his pickup, drove to a lake, and then he jumped in. But he had a plan. Matthew had a Yamaha 350 Li underwater submersible, which is kind of like a sea scooter that basically drags you around underwater at about four miles per hour. So there were several flaws in his plan. One, he jumped in a lake, so he couldn't really escape to freedom. Two, he didn't have breathing equipment, so he had to keep coming up for air. (laughs) And three, the lake was really cold. Oh. Yeah. So after about 20... Yeah, Costanza. So after about 25 minutes, he got out. Matthew was arrested for wire fraud, mail fraud, money laundering, and witness tampering. He's looking at 20 years in prison. Speaking of trying to make a run for it, did you hear about the man that won the record won the marathon in record time no i haven't heard about that kelly he was russian and there's even more proof that people are crazy the longest day brandon baxter in the morning country music news country music news on brandon baxter in the morning so Carrie Underwood is bringing her gift, my gift, to HBO Max. Carrie has announced a Christmas special for HBO Max, and it's going to feature the music, the songs off of her My Gift album. 
So this show starts streaming on HBO Max on December the 3rd. Did you just now purchase HBO Max when you found this out? You know, I've been wanting HBO Max for a while <laughs> right. now, and this, this is the reason. just did it, yeah. Well, yeah, and the thing is, like I've said for years, I'm not a huge fan of Christmas music. But like Carrie Underwood, Christmas music just sounds so good. So some of the songs that will be featured on the HBO Max special include her uh, duet with John Legend on a song called Hallelujah. Let us pray the spirit of love will linger. Oh, let the world stand still, the church bells ring, So, you know, her son, Isaiah Fisher, is also featured on the album and will be on the HBO Max special as well. If you haven't heard the song Little Drummer Boy with Isaiah Fisher, it's really cute. It's Carrie Underwood heading to HBO Max. It's my gift, and it premieres on December the 3rd. So back in April, Dolly Parton announced that she was going to donate $1 million to coronavirus research. Well, seven months seven months later, that money has helped the company Moderna develop a vaccine that's almost 95% effective wow. in clinical tri- awesome. trials. And what's crazy, you can find her name in the acknowledgments of the journal of the article, yeah. but when she was asked about it yesterday on the Today Show, she said, yeah, that's what I understand. I haven't read up enough. They told me that before I went on the air that they may be asking me about that. But then she wow. went on to say she's just happy she can do something to help somebody else, and when she donated that money to the COVID fund, she just wanted to do good. So here's Dolly Parton like saving lives. That's crazy. Yeah. Here's a million bucks. Like, I didn't realize yeah. Dolly was that, that loaded. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. Hey, and Lee Bryce, there's news out on him. He was talking to People Magazine about his battle with COVID-19, and he's actually able to get out of quarantine, which is good news. Of course, he missed the CMA Awards because of COVID. He says his case wasn't nearly as bad as some other people. He felt achy and had some of the pains and stuff like that, but it was more like a mild cold or allergies, whereas his manager was down and out because of COVID. So it really does affect a lot of people differently. But Lee Bryce is emerging from quarantine today, so that's good news. Also, his album, Hey World, that's coming out. It features, of course, great songs by Lee Bryce, but uh, the one they're pushing out right now is Memory I Don't Mess With, and we love this song. It's Lee Bryce. This is off of his new album, Hey World. That's a memory I don't miss with Memory I Don't Mess With, Lee Bryce. His album, Hey World, is out this coming Friday. That's your country music news on Arkansas's Morning Show. This is Brandon Baxter in the morning. Brandon Baxter in the morning. On Wednesday mornings, we do the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families, Inc. And we have Dr. Shane Spites on the phone with us this morning. He is the dean of the NYIT College at Arkansas State University. 
He is the expert on COVID-19 and coronavirus around the state of Arkansas. So welcome back, Dr. Spites. <laughs> kind, kind words, Brandon. Glad to be back on with you and Kelly. Hey, man, it was good to see you a couple of weeks ago at Arkansas State. It was wild because we had this brief encounter in the concourse at Centennial <laughs> Bank Stadium. And it was weird because we talked to each other you know, fairly often uh, here on the show. But in person, we don't see each other that often. And we didn't know if we should fist bump or elbow or, or get close or what. Our eyes met from across the concourse. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> hey, is there any truth? Kelly was telling me that oh, she saw gosh. that uh, there might be a new person on Facebook. Is there any truth to the rumors? <laughs> so, first of all, my apologies on this. I, I'm not, I, I don't do Facebook. I've kind of prided myself. I've never had a Facebook page. Good for you. But with the, just the onslaught of questions and, and, and just misinformation, I thought, you know, I'd probably need to start a Facebook page just to be able to post some stuff that we know from the science community, from the research side, the medical side, to maybe help people kind of better understand. Uh, because you, it's one of those things where the truth is always somewhere in between. Yep. And if you just have somebody kind of maybe explain it, I'm, I'm hopeful it'll be helpful, but I'm going to need um, I'm gonna need some forgiveness on this because I'm not a Facebooker, so I'm probably going to like go live with my dog running around or something. I'm going to make apologies <laughs> for that ahead of time. So that's a great teaser, though. Yeah. The idea that you're going to do it all wrong is going to get people to want to go see your page even faster. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's marketing 101. Hey, how can people know, find yeah. you on how can they find you on Facebook? Um Do you have, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know how they find me on Facebook. We'll be talking I got to a, Shane's I got a friend request from Ryan Vaughn this morning, so if he found me, I don't know how that happened. Um right. I guess you search people? Is that All the way right. it works? Sure. Shane Spites, if you want to go and uh, search on Facebook. Kelly's going to try to find it too, but like literally oh, okay. you've become the guy that, that we all turn to. And I actually had a debate with my wife a couple of weeks ago where she was like, no, my mother said this. I said, Leslie, I talked to Shane Spites. <laughs> He's a doctor. <laughs> he knows what's happening with COVID-19. And I guess our question today, as we sit here and we're thinking about the holidays and, you know, a little more than a week, like eight days away from Thanksgiving, numbers are continuing to climb. We're seeing this all across the country. In Arkansas, we're seeing it. What is happening and what are we doing wrong? Why are we seeing these numbers continue to climb? Because we thought it was bad in June. Here we are yeah. still dealing with this in November. Okay, so this is this is what people need to recognize. This is something I've been trying to I've been trying to put out as well. Um, whenever we have a, an event or whenever we have a holiday or whenever you have the, the population, the general population itself shifts and does something, like let's just say all of a sudden people are like, ah, I'm tired of wearing a mask. And generally, you know, I'm not wearing a mask, so I feel okay because somebody else is not wearing a mask, and it kind of snowballs. But So that's one thing, and so people kind of get lax on that. The other thing is if you have events like Halloween or like Labor Day um, or holidays, you have a three-day weekend, within two to four weeks after that, and you can go back and look at this. You can actually pull up our pull up the state website or pull up um, John Hopkins or New York Times and look at our cases. You can count forward two to four weeks after an event, and you'll see where the spike occurs. Like, this is predictable. Hmm. Like, we know that's going to happen because people come together and gather. It takes about two to four weeks for the virus to circulate around, and you see the impact. And then you start seeing hospitalizations and the bad outcomes occurring after that. So it's all, like, it really is a predictable pattern. So what we're seeing now is a consequence. Some of it is with what we're seeing in high school and college kids. Right. And, and I'll just be honest with you, what happened was, they were really good initially. They were really good mask wearing, that sort of thing, social distancing. They got kind of lax because, to be honest with you, high school kids, for the most part, and college kids, they don't get that sick. They right. can. They really can. I don't want to be clear on that. But generally speaking, they don't. 
And so they're less likely to adhere to the guidelines. So they're kind of, they're silent spreaders. They'll spread it around with each other. Maybe they don't tell mom and dad, I've got a runny nose or a cough, something like that. They're spreading it to people. And our 65 and olders are picking it up from that. And that's why we saw a spike a few weeks ago in that. And if you'll see, like even from the governor's press conference uh, just just uh, yesterday, um, the increase in the younger generation, specifically in that high school, college age group, right. those are the groups that that are um, that we're seeing an increase. And they're all going to go home for Thanksgiving right. and for the holidays, which we're not excited about that either. So let's, let's talk about that age group because, you know, I know a couple of schools that have gone ahead and given uh, students off this week, then they're off next week because of Thanksgiving. Do you think, in your opinion, that schools will go back uh, as we head into Christmas, or are we about to see everybody going virtual at this point? You know, from the, um, I'll say this, from the, um, from the standpoint of K-12, I don't think K-12 is going to change what they're doing. They seem to be pretty targeted in terms of, like, the governor seems pretty clear on that, and the uh, Department of Ed- Education seems pretty clear. <clears throat> they're going to continue doing what they're doing in terms of if this school district needs to close down, we'll do that, but these other ones are not going to close. because, And in, in many respects, like, I see how that makes sense. If in southeast Arkansas they don't have a lot of cases, is it, does it make sense to close because we in northeast Arkansas have a ton? Right. Um, so I can kind of that make the targeted approach makes sense to me. Colleges and universities Many of them are not coming back. I know our medical school is not doing that. I know ASU, for the most part, is not doing that. Um, some other colleges, universities around the state are not doing that. I think that makes good sense. I think that makes really good sense because college kids are a lot more mobile, and they got a lot more different groups that they go with. And so if they're on college campus, they go home uh, for Thanksgiving, either they get sick or they get somebody sick, they then come back to campus, they either get sick or get somebody sick, then they go back at Christmas. It's that shifting back and forth. And when you think about colleges and universities across the country, you're talking about, you know, millions of people. Mm-hmm. So what about the people who point to schools and say, hey, the increase happened. The increase really became dramatic when schools went back for the fall semester. Right. Do, you, do you believe that's the case, even K-12? Yeah, that, that's exactly that is. We did see that. And again, the data supports that when you look at the um, at how our numbers increase in terms. And, and that's why I go back to you got to look at a population change. So when our numbers really started going up the end of September, really about the middle or end of September, our numbers really started going up. So what changed? Well, count back four weeks. What happened the end of August? Mm-hmm. We started back to school. Yeah. That's when K-12 started. That's when, that's when colleges started back for the most part. Um, and so, it, again, this is kind of a predictable. And that's why they were so worried when I say they nationally, the CDC, NIH, we're so worried about the fall and the winter is because we knew of upcoming holidays. We knew people would be traveling across the country, you know, or even across the, you know, across the town and they'd be gathering in groups. Mm-hmm. And we know that that increases the spread. And also, obviously it's cooler outside. So people aren't going outside as much. And so that's another piece of it. Dr. Shane Spites on with us this morning. You mentioned the holidays, Thanksgiving, eight days away from today. What's your recommendation? I know a lot of people, you know, typically do big family gatherings. Do you think it's best if, <laughs> If we limit those gatherings this year, you know I, I do, and then you got to you got to know it, it pains me to say that. Like I hate to say that. I'm, I'm like I've said this to you guys before. Born and raised in South Arkansas, mm-hmm. holidays are what we live for. You know, we go hunting, we watch football, and we eat a lot of food. Yep. And I mean, and that is that's kind of a, that's what we do. And so, um, I'm not going to be able to do that this year. We're just not. This is not. This is not the year to do that. This is not the year for me to take my kids and, and possibly infect my family in South Arkansas not the time for them to come up here and possibly get infected. Um, you know, my wife's family lives here in, in Jonesboro, and, and, you know, they're they're an older 
couple of, you know, gosh, I can't imagine if one of my kids got one of them sick and they wouldn't, they just wouldn't do well. And so um, as painful as it is, we just can't do that this year. And so we'll just do something just with our, our immediate family that lives here in the household is what we're doing. So as we see these numbers increase, you know, I, I mean, I look around and I see a lot of people wearing masks. It seems like over 90, maybe even over 95% of people are wearing masks, but we're still seeing the increase. Is it just that once we go, once we get out of the store, we feel like we're immune to it or we feel like, hey, if I know somebody, they probably don't have it. So I'm good. Is that really where it comes from? Is it from outside of even stores and churches and restaurants? Yeah. So anytime, yes and no, anytime people gather, there's a chance. And there's one caveat to that. The mask is important. The mask is really important. And I think we've forgotten this. The mask is in addition to six feet. Right. It's not instead of. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you can wear a mask and now I can hang out with my buddies, you know, in a close proximity. You can't do that. It's it's the mask plus six feet. And I don't I don't think people really realize what six feet is at our at our school. We've got our, our dean of operations has a has a stick at six feet that you walk around and you can see, but six six feet further than you think it is. Yeah. And so I, I think people underestimate what that distance is. But I I do think that the gatherings are are, are um are also an issue. I think you're right. I think in terms of um, people just kind of coming together thinking, oh, you don't look sick, you know, and that's one of the problems is people don't look sick and they are. Right. Well, it's wild too, because we've noticed, you know, we've, we've had uh, over the last, what has it been? Six, six months, seven months or something like that. We've had people that we've known or we've, you know, had contact tracing or whatever, but it really seems in the last seven to 10 days, like we have three people close to our family that we haven't been exposed to, but it's like that close. There's three people in our family circle that have either tested positive or have contact tracing. Is this just what we're going to see until we get this vaccine rolled out? Yeah, that that is. And it's interesting. I I said this, I, I gave a lecture months ago about this and way before it was really ever really in Arkansas. And I said, here's what's going to happen. It's going to be one of those things where I don't know anybody that's got this to, I know, I know a, um, a couple of people got it to everybody I know has it. Yep. That's going to be the progression. And it's going to, and that's going to occur over, over weeks and months. Um, back to one other point that you made or one question that you had in terms of, you know, if you see more people wearing masks out, that wouldn't surprise me either, is that you're seeing high cases. We're talking about the hospitals being full and being stretched thin, and people are like, uh, this mask isn't that big a deal. Maybe I will wear it. Mm. If everybody's thinking that, remember, it still takes two to four weeks to see a change. You're not going to see an immediate change in the infections. It takes a while to turn that ship around. Does that make sense? It does. Let's talk about the hospitals. What are you hearing from the area hospitals as far as their um, how many people are in right now? What's the capacity? So I think they're stretched right now, I'll be honest with you. I think, you know, and, and when we talk about hospitals and they say that they've got different COVID units, um, remember, they're opening up areas of the hospital they, they probably didn't use as much or hadn't used previously or they're making room at other places. Because one of the big issues with hospitals, this is, our, this is the sick season. This is when people normally are in the hospital with pneumonias and, <clears throat> and influenza and other viruses, other viral infections that really tax their body. And so this is really where the hospitals start seeing an increase anyway. When you add COVID on top of that, it really stretches them because it's not like they've got this whole staff, reserve staff and waiting of doctors, nurses, respiratory therapists, you know, rad techs, lab techs. We don't have all those people in waiting. They got the same staff they had, you know, last spring and last summer. Right. There's, there's not a new staff, a group of staff coming in. So the staff are stretched in. They're taking care of more patients than they typically would. Now, they're handling it. I'll say this, and I'm, I'm um, 
fortunate I meet with, uh, I'm on a, a group of all the hospital CEOs in the region, and they meet weekly. And, and they talk about that. They talk about, you know, how are we doing in PPE? How are you doing in medications, bed status, all of that stuff in terms of cases. Um, and and it, it's been really good for me to see how well the hospitals in Northeast Arkansas are coordinated. I mean, really, every hospital in Northeast Arkansas, I mean, it, it's almost like, I mean, they're all, they're all buddies, so to speak, and they, um, they, they work with each other in terms of what do you need about this? And, you know, can I help you on that? Um, so the coordination amongst our hospitals, Really, the people in Northeast Arkansas need to be proud of your hospitals because uh, they've done a phenomenal job through all this, and they're doing a good job coordinating. It may be that, let's say, one of the hospitals here in Jonesboro has a COVID patient, but you know they're not in the ICU and they're not that sick. Maybe they transfer them back to one of the local smaller hospitals, right. and they can handle it there. So a lot of that coordination is going on. So schools, we've talked about that. We've talked about colleges and things of that nature. Uh, businesses, churches, restaurants, do you think we're about to see a change in how they have to operate? Um, I, you know, the governor was pretty clear yesterday on restaurants, and so I, don't, I, would, I doubt that we would see that. Now, it'll be interesting to see. You know, he formed this new task force, and uh, Chris Barber, president and CEO of St. Bernard's, is, is on it from NEA. So in terms of Northeast Arkansas, he's kind of representing us. Um, and I think that's great. I think he'll, he'll, he'll do a great job speaking for us and speaking on our behalf. Um, but I think you will see some recommendations come out of that task force, yeah. and I think there will be some compliance recommendations. I think there will be some some things that the governor will have to decide if he wants to adopt or not uh, that will target uh, different um, different groups in terms of um, ways to mitigate the spread. I don't see anything coming out on churches, though I do um, wish that our churches would make sure they're doing their part because I because uh, that is a place that the virus. I mean. It doesn't care where you are. It doesn't care why you're there. It just cares that people are, are congregating together. Um, I think that um, our, most of our churches here in in, the, in Jonesboro, Northeast Arkansas, do a great job with with virtual. Um, you know that, that's the way we watch it at our house. Yep. Uh, the virtual sermons, uh, and, and we love doing that. I think that's really what churches need to be moving toward is more of a virtual approach right now, especially as numbers are high. Because I mean, we don't want we don't want our, our congregation to get sick and get hospitalized. And right. by the time you have to make that decision to go virtual, it's probably too late. Is unfortunately what we're seeing too. Is that you know because like I said, it's hard to turn that ship around once you're in the middle of it. Dr. Shane Spites on with us this morning. I think the final question because you know we all have I think at this point maybe a little heightened anxiety on COVID nineteen and coronavirus. Should we be nervous at this point as people as a community, should we be nervous about what we're seeing? Um, I'll say yes and no. First of all, this was even back in the late spring in the summer. You got to know we were always looking to the fall. This was our concern. Our yeah. concern was fall and winter. Fall and winter was a concern. Fall and winter because we knew that historically, when you look back like at 1918 and when you look at just how viruses spread in general, fall and winter is not a good time. And so that was our concern. We were hopeful that nationally our cases per day would be about twenty to thirty thousand a day across the across the U.S. We were hoping that's what our because if our daily cases were that when we entered in the end of the winter and fall, then we'd be fine in terms of hospital capacity and in terms of you know all of our resources and things like that. We're a hundred and something thousand cases a day yes, right now in the U.S. One hundred and twenty, hundred thirty thousand cases a day. That's not good at all. Every state in the country is seeing an increase in cases. So, yeah, that's worrisome. Now, this, and this is going to sound strange, 
we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this, and we're going to be fine. And on the backside, we're going to be stronger than we are now. Right. But there's going to be pain over the next eight weeks or so. And, that, and, and we're going to see that even in our own community. This is going to be the toughest part of the pandemic is what we're about to enter into, into the November, December, January timeframe. On the backside of it in the spring, and I feel very good about the vaccines. I feel really good about what I'm seeing there. I think they're going to have some logistical issues in terms of getting it out. Right. But I think I feel good about where they are. I think we're going to be fine in the spring of 2021 and certainly early summer of 2021. I think we're going to be in a good place. But this is going to be the tough part of the pandemic for us. It really is. This is, I know, you, I know you've heard it nationally, this is going to be the darker days um, that we've got ahead. Dr. Shane Spites, he's the dean of the NYIT College at Arkansas State University. He is the regional and statewide expert on COVID-19 and coronavirus. And uh, you've really been such an ally to us as we've tried to educate people through this and I know you're busy and we just took a lot of your time, but I do know that there's people that are at work and in the car and listening on the podcast today who will definitely appreciate the information. No, I appreciate you, Brandon. Really do. You and Kelly, thank you so much for what you're doing. Get good information out. I can't say enough and always happy to talk to you guys. Dr. Shane Spites, new to Facebook. He's also on Instagram and on Twitter. Tons of great information. And again, you don't know what he's going to paste, uh, post on Facebook because he doesn't know what he's going to post on Facebook either. Best to follow. <laughs> Have Thank a great day, so man. Much, <laughs> we'll see you. Kelly Perry, I have one question for you. Are you ready to celebrate some local people? Let's do it. Let's do the birthdays. Happy birthday to you. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to you. Hi, happy Perry. birthday. Happy birthday. Boy. Happy birthday for to us. you. Well, 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 time for birthdays for today, Wednesday, November the 18th of 2020. Local birthdays, local celebrities, here we go. Happy birthday goes out to Presley Curry, who celebrates today. Jennifer Franks of Jonesboro. Kevin Happy Cooper birthday. is celebrating. Kathy Goff, happy birthday. Happy Taylor birthday. Riddle. Of Jonesboro celebrates a birthday today, so happy, happy birthday to Taylor. Birthday. Dennis Berry is celebrating. Jamie McMillan has a birthday today. And Jason Butler from Wynn celebrates too. And if you have a birthday today, we say this. We say happy birthday to all y'all, and you celebrate with these celebrities. Megan Kelly is 50 years old today. Owen Wilson is 52 from Wedding Crashers, Zoolander, and he's also Lightning McQueen in the Cars movies. Kirk Hammett is 58. He's Metallica guitarist. Still, baby, don't say a word. And never mind that noise you heard. Weren't you scared of this? It's just a beast. Yes, I was. <laughs> your bed, in your closet, in your head. Excellent. Kirk Hammett, Metallica, 58 today. Oscar Nunez is 62. That's Oscar Martinez from The Office. Kevin Nealon is 67, former SNL cast member. And he's also Doug Wilson on the show Weeds. Dennis Haskins is 70. That was Mr. Belding on Saved by the Bell. Wonder if he's going to make an appearance in the new Saved by the Bell. Oh, I hope so. Surely. Yeah. Mickey Mouse is 92 today. Happy birthday, Mickey. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> All right. And TJ Osborne of the, brother, of the Brothers Osborne. Of the brothers Osborne is thirty six. It says, "Why does it say that?" You're supposed to handle your own information. Thanks, Anchor Man. I read what's on. <laughs> brothers Osborne. <laughs> 
TJ Osborne, Brothers Osborne 36. You missed one. Duncan Sheik, 51 today. Oh. Duncan Sheik from this song right here. I am barely breathing, and I can't find the air. Don't know who I'm getting. Imagining you can. And I could stand here waiting. A fool for another day. I don't suppose it's worth the prize. It's worth the prize. The prize that I would pay. It's the son of WWE Hall of Famer, the Iron Sheik. Duncan Sheik. 51 today. Happy birthday. Brandon Baxter in the morning. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families, Inc. We have Kennedy Maloney on the phone this morning from the NEA Chain Reaction Youth Council. Welcome to the show, Kennedy. How are you? I'm doing good. What does your day consist of today? Like, what's on the agenda? Uh, School is virtual. Yeah. Uh, so just this, and that's about it. <laughs> well, there you go. You. What school do you go to? Valley View. What do you think of virtual days? We were talking to a younger student the other day who was like, I would much rather be in class. Uh, it's kind of 50-50. Uh, the workload is easier when we're virtual, so I have to lean virtual because of that. <laughs> yeah. What time do you wake up on virtual days? Probably like 9. Okay, that's not bad. <laughs> right. Can't so, sleep in too long. Yeah. So there's no real on virtual days. There's really no, it doesn't matter when you get the work done as long as you get the work done, right? No, most of them have the deadline at midnight. So you could probably wake up at like one and be fine. So is it different now from like, think back to the spring when school just all of a sudden shut down, right? And, Mm -hmm. And you guys were supposed to be doing virtual, but from what we've been told by a lot of people, there wasn't a whole lot to do. Can you sense the difference here in the fall? Yeah, you can tell they're a lot more organized. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. good. What do you think? Your prediction? Do you think you're going to go back after Thanksgiving, or do you think uh, it's going to be the rest of the semester at home? I think we'll make it a week back in school, and then we'll have to be virtual. All right. We talked to Dr. Shane Spites a little bit ago, and he was talking about the numbers continuing to rise around Northeast Arkansas. So we got to watch that. Uh, Kennedy, oh, yeah. uh, again, Kennedy Maloney on the phone with us this morning from the NEA Chain Reaction Youth Council. And the Chain Reaction Youth Council, I've dealt with them for, oh, man, so many years now. Uh, but basically, it's a group of high school students who are like, hey, I want to do something good for this community. I want to go ahead and get started early with being civic-minded. And uh, basically, you guys are out to raise money to help different organizations. So let's talk about who you guys are going to be raising money for with the event that's happening this weekend. We have a masquerade $5 jewelry sale that's happening this weekend. When people go and they take part in this, what are they going to be helping? You are going to be supporting the backpack programs that all the Northeast Arkansas schools participate in, which is where they, you know, fill a backpack full of food and then they send that food home with the student over long breaks. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's really important during this pandemic. Right. No, that's awesome. So the Masquerade $5 jewelry sale, this is a new thing for the Chain Reaction Youth Council. Typically, we think of you guys doing mainly the prom fashion show as as the big fundraiser. But this deal is kind of a a little bit of a curveball. Tell me what's happening with this Masquerade $5 jewelry sale. So this Masquerade sale, everything is $5 uh, except for a few items. We've got stuff like uh, jewelry, bracelets, mask chains, dog accessories, fragrance oils a whole bunch of stuff. And this is the same jewelry show that uh, NEA Baptist and St. Jude do. So we're really excited to sort of bring that down to our council and bring it into the Jonesboro community. So when is this event going to be taking place? It's this Friday, November 20th from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. 
and then this Saturday, November the 21st from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. All right, let's talk about the location because uh, paint the picture of where we're going to be if we want to attend the Masquerade Jewelry Sale. So you're going to go to 400 Southwest Drive, which is right next to the Pizza Inn on right. Southwest Drive. So is that the what was at one point the gas station? Yes, yes it yeah. is. Okay, that's what I kind of figured. I drove by there the other day, and I was like, I bet that's the spot, and now we kind of know for it sure. Is. So again, the NEA Chain Reaction Youth Council Masquerade $5 Jewelry Sale. It's happening this coming Friday and Saturday. And as we mentioned, the prom fashion show. There's going to be people who hear this, who have probably seen photos and videos of the prom fashion show or heard their friends talk about the prom fashion show and how much fun it is. And auditions, open auditions are coming up pretty quick, right? They are. They are. Uh, They're going to be on December 3rd from 4.30 to 7.30 December 8th from 2 to 5, and then December 10th, again, from 4.30 to 7.30. And those are going to be located at 3407 Southwest Drive, and that should be a church. Okay, sweet. So, again, there's a lot of great stuff that local area high school students are doing with the NEA Chain Mm -hmm. Reaction Youth Council. And the Masquerade Jewelry Sale. Kennedy, one more shot. You're going to convince people to go this weekend. I'm going to give you time. Tell them what they need to know about this event. You got to sell okay. them right now. I'm going to sell you. Yeah. So this is a great opportunity to get some early Christmas shopping done. And while you're at it, you're supporting a great cause. I've looked at the stuff. There's some super cute bracelets, super cute earrings, and all of it's $5, which is quite the steal. So if you want some good jewelry that goes to a good cause, come on down to the masquerade sale. <laughs> Boom. She nails it. Kennedy Maloney on the phone with us this morning. Have a great day doing virtual school, Kennedy. All right, thank you. We'll talk to you later. Bye. It's the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So I woke up and heard some racket outside of my house. And again, we've moved in the last, what's it been, about uh, five weeks or so. Mm -hmm. We moved, and there's uh, a little more trees, a little more forest look around our house now. And I heard this noise, and I had this, this thought of maybe I should get under the table. Because it was coming from the back porch, and it sounded like somebody was moving stuff on the back porch. And I thought, uh-uh, ain't happening. Uh-uh. Moving stuff. Yeah. So it freaked me out. And I, I went and I peeked out the, the back window, right? And I look outside to try to see if I see anything, and I don't see anything. So then I have the, the deal where I'm going to have to go to the back door, and I'm about to turn the light on. Did- did you go get Leslie up first? No. Okay. But I'm, sure. I might have been packing. So I get there to the back door and I I have this fear like I'm going to turn on the light and there's going to be somebody standing there. Oh, Brandon, that's terrible. You know what I'm saying though? Yes. So I turn on the light and there's nobody looking me in the eye. So then I start looking around the corner and I realize that my wife has left a bag of dog food on the back porch. And I look down, and I'm like, oh, that's a pretty little cat. And uh, Kelly, it was not a cat that was what? on my back porch. What was it? Did it, you take a picture? It was a giant, I think it was a beaver. A beaver? Do you all have beavers close to your house? Well, we, there's some water and there's trees. So I'm, I'm guessing, I'm thinking it might have been a beaver. Uh, but I got a video of it. So I ran to get my phone. Um, because again, I'm freaking out because, and then I'm like, what do I do? How do I get the thing out of here? Because I don't want it to be on the back porch, you know, a a big beaver. And here's the, here's the video. Okay.
So he's going in, and you can see he's going into the trash or to the dog food bag. Do you Bra- see what he's doing? And then he picks Brandon, it up with his little hands. Brandon. What? It's a raccoon. It's a raccoon. That's a raccoon? Yes. Oh, my. That's not a beaver? I have said you needed glasses for five years, and I remain steadfast in my statement. That's not a, are you it sure? It's a raccoon. Look, yes. So, well, I thought a beaver had those little hands. Well, it may have little hands, but that raccoon oh, doesn't have the buck teeth either. The ta- oh, okay. I yeah, see. a bushy tail, not one it's of different. those flat paddle tails. No, I, okay, I see the difference. See his little hands? Like, look at him. He's just Aww. scooping it up. So Did he you was open really your cute. Door? No, because I was afraid he'd run in and then I wouldn't have no idea how to get him out. But I did decide I was going to tap on the on the glass because even though he was cute, I still don't want him like at at my door. Yeah. You know? So I tapped on the glass and let me show you what this sucker does. I tap on the glass. I'm tapping on the okay. glass right here. Oh. Hang on. I'm about to do you hear that? I'm tapping. Oh my. Oh. He looks at the glass and comes. <gasps> He comes up to you. He starts approaching me, and I got so scared. He was I backed introducing up. himself. But he's cute. But look at that. Oh my! Isn't he cute? Yeah. Would he have rabies though? Rocky? No. Does he look rabid? He doesn't look rabid. No, he doesn't look rabid. I wonder if I left a steak out there if he'd come back. That's probably. Yeah, you know what? Leave a steak. Why don't you get some bears and some. Um, Can I pick him up? Mountain lions to come in there, too. <laughs> Am I able to pick him up? Like, yeah. I would pick up. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people. I'm sure animal con- control would tell you to go ahead and, and pick it up. Pick up a. Just make sure you get him by the nape of the neck. Yeah, so, well, I, I wouldn't want him to That's bite. That's where me. they like it. That's where they like getting picked up. Kelly, I've never been this close to a raccoon in my life. Wasn't it precious? He's really cute, and it makes me want to kind of adopt him. Yeah, there's people that are screaming at you right now saying, don't leave stuff out. But would he bite? Uh, yes. Would he run from me or would he run at me? It depends. Okay, I need it to know. depends on his gonna, personality. Do you think he has a good personality from seeing the video? Looking at him, he looks like he could be, um, you know, those Sour Patch Kid commercials. Yeah. Like they're, they're first, they're sweet, yeah. and then they're mean or whatever. Right. I think that he would be a Sour Patch Kid. I'm just going to say, oh, hang on, I'm getting a text. Oh, someone's. Oh. Is it animal control? This 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 says, um, heck no, absolutely, do not pick that raccoon up. Wait, I got a text message too. <laughs> he is a moron. <laughs> Wait a oh minute. my gosh! <laughs> I, people are blowing me up. What about, is happening? I am so sorry. I guess I won't touch it. It's cute. <laughs> Tell everyone you're not going to touch the raccoon. My phone is blowing or up as for you people. Would say the beaver. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> So evidently the idea of going and petting the raccoon that I saw on my back porch is not a good idea. I've never seen your phone light up like that during our show. It was like Christmas lights. Yeah. So my phone starts blowing up with people I know who are like, no, you idiot. You can't touch a raccoon. All of a sudden you're bending down two hands. Come here, little guy. So I said to one person, I'm like, but he was really cute. And they said, you need glasses. The only way he's cute is if he's stuffed at the taxidermist. <gasps> well, whoever that was, that's terrible. This one says that the raccoon would maul me. <laughs> that would be funny if you, if you, nothing, you didn't get too bad hurt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This Here's one that says, I've actually had one try to attack me. <laughs> this sucker was on my back porch.
I bet someone dropped him there and planted him there. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to post a video on my socials in a few minutes, and you can see what happens. It's really calming at first because this little raccoon is really cute with his little hands the eating hands the dog really, food. really get Brandon. And the then, hands really get him. Then when I tap on the glass and he looks at me and starts to approach the glass... <laughs> I immediately back up and run off because I'm scared of him. There is a door between you. I was afraid he could break the, the it's glass. It's not a bear. It's going to go up on my socials in a minute. And just rest assured, I promise, for those of you concerned, I will not pick up the raccoon if he comes back. I promise. I promise. Brandon Baxter in the morning. And this is the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families, Inc. Joined this morning by my friend Dan Reeves from Journey Church in Jonesboro. Dan, how are you this morning? I'm doing good, Brandon. How are you guys doing? Hey, we're doing good. I've got a little bit of a, a dilemma here. I had a raccoon on my back porch this morning when I woke up, and I would that assume he thought was a beaver. Well, I, I mistakenly said that. <laughs> I, I don't really. I'm not up on my animals as much. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, out of I all the people, out of all the people I know, I would assume because you're kind of like you grew up a little bit of a country boy, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I did. I guess you could say that. So, uh, have you ever so had... you need my help in identifying animals? Is well, that what you're saying? <laughs> he, he needs a lot of help, Dan. Maybe so. Uh, well, I knew that. I didn't know the specific uh, area of help was identifying uh, wilderness things. You missed that lesson. But, okay. Why do you think he befriended me? He knew I needed help. Right, of course. <laughs> no, like, legit, have you ever had an encounter with a raccoon? Well, uh, as you said, I do live somewhat outside of the city limits, yeah. and so we actually have quite a few raccoons, and we actually have beavers uh, on the pond behind our house, and they're very annoying. But uh, we've had the the raccoons come up on the back porch, and actually, when at first they were really cute, and then yeah. they brought all their friends, and they weren't so cute. <laughs> so, oh my gosh, are you uh, serious? They scratching on the door, they started scratching on our back door, wanting food. So at that point, we said, okay, Brandon. no more uh, raccoon feeding. Okay, so. you, you absolutely just gave me chills up and down my spine because the one that uh, that was at our house this morning, because I, you haven't been to our new house yet, but uh, we've moved and there's a little more woods and trees and stuff like that. And I hear this noise inside a bag of dog food that Leslie had left outside by accident. And I, at yeah. first I thought it was a human out there, right? Because I hear rustling and stuff like that. And I see this little raccoon. I'm about to text you a picture of it. I want you to look at it. And tell me if you think okay. it's a good idea for me to pet this raccoon if he comes back. <laughs> well, if you look at it, of course it's a good idea, but it's probably not. I just sent it to you. Idea. He's adorable, though. He looks like a giant, like, overstuffed kitten. Uh, but then as I was oh, yeah. talking about it, people are telling me he would maul me and try to kill me. And he's already gone yeah, to tell it'd his be friends. Like that. Go ahead. What? I just said he's already gone to tell all of his friends that you've got mm. all the food at your house. Oh yeah, exactly. That's what they do. Yeah, and then they bring their their, their little babies too, mm-hmm. and they're really cute. But uh, then they get like, yeah, it'll be like that scene in Elf where he tries to pet the raccoon, you know, Uh-oh. and then the raccoon like attacks his face. That's what you get. No. Yeah. So wait, do you really think, from your expert analysis of this situation, that he will come back with more with more raccoons? Uh, yeah, I mean, oh. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, that's been my experience. It's usually not just one. Usually, they're in, if you leave the food out, you'll probably get other uh, animals as well, you know. So, so my, my fear this morning yeah. when I was walking out to my truck, I had this fear that this raccoon was going to start chasing me. So I was looking around. You know how you do the whole, like, 360 turn? That's what I was doing, oh, yeah. making yeah. sure he wasn't coming after me. Yes. But he does, like I sent yeah. you the picture, he looks cute, right? 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they look cute from a distance. That's great. So I tapped on the glass, and when he started walking toward me, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, up. exactly. Yeah. I, they probably probably wouldn't attack you or anything unless it got really frightened. You know, the, the thing you got to worry about is hope you don't get a skunk because then, like, oh my gosh. you know, the the distance, per, you know, is really important in that situation. I've had those ty- those type of things where I came out and there was a skunk like five feet from me, and that's kind of, uh, mm. yeah, that's did scary. He, did he you get know? you? No, uh-uh. no, I backed away really slowly. <laughs> Actually, he hissed at me. He hit like he like showed his teeth and hissed at me. I'm like, I'm in trouble, yeah. you know. Uh, but I backed away really slowly because I've got all those wilderness skills, you know. There you go. And, uh, That's West Side, man. You know, which was basically get away as quickly as you can, you know. Again, Dan Reeves so. on from Journey Church this morning. Uh, you guys have something. And the reason I, I wanted to have you on today is because, you know, with uh, with Journey Church, you're always looking to outreach. You're looking to help people. You're looking to find a way to make an impact in the community. And you also realize that, you know, Thanksgiving, this Thanksgiving is going to be um, you know, a unique time and you want to help out oh, families in our yeah. community. Yeah. 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 I mean, so unique like everything else this year, but, uh, you know, I think families, uh, are definitely, uh, probably more so than in the past in a lot of ways are hurting and, you know, just to be able to gather is in question, you know, all those things. And so, you know, we thought, well, what could we do that would be just a really simple thing that might help a few families. And so we, uh, we came up with the idea, uh, really stemming off an idea we did back in the spring for single moms where we, we just wanted to provide free meals, uh, a good, you know, quality meal that somebody could come and pick up uh, and uh, take it home and take that worry out and also be able to come around a table and, and just uh, maybe have a good time at a time that's uh, really stressful. I think in a time like this, you know, um, we, we, I know we said this last week about something. Uh, a lot of people don't want to think or don't want to admit to people that they might be, you know, a little bit more needy this year, that they might need somebody to help them out. But but the truth yeah. is, is there's more people in Northeast Arkansas who have needs, who might not have the full Thanksgiving meal. Maybe they typically go somewhere else. We've talked to Dr. Shane Spites this morning about, you know, the recommendation mm-hmm. is to not travel too far to go to the big extended family thing. So maybe right. you're somebody who typically goes to a parent's or a grandparent's house and they have all the food. Maybe you don't have the means to do that. Don't be ashamed. Right. Of that. There are a lot of people in that boat this year. Oh, man, so many. And I think, yeah, like you said, don't be ashamed of that. I think that's what community's for is we're supposed to take care of one another. And what we have, what we have, we're supposed to give freely. And, and uh, you know, we want to meet needs. And, uh, you know, because we all know what it's like at, at different points in our life to have needs and yeah. to be able to be, uh, you know, not be alone in those situations and know that hey, it's totally okay. That's why you've got help and that's why you've got a community around you. And, you got churches around you and other community organizations that, that uh, are there to help. So, yeah, I mean, we wouldn't want anybody to feel any apprehension about that. And so we tried to make it as easy as possible. Uh, we, we're on November 25th. We're going to uh, be distributing meals. There's food drive food, all the prepackaged. Uh, it's a meal from J-Town's Grills. They're doing all the cooking, food prep, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it's safe and mm-hmm. good quality food. And uh, it feeds a family of four. Um, and so we're going to distribute those on November 25th from 5 30 to 7 p.m. at our location. But in order to, to get one of those meals, you just simply go on, on our website, click a link, um, enter in a little bit of information so that we know we have it set apart for you. Right. And then um, we don't use your address for anything else. We just want to make sure we've got a set aside, a meal set aside for you. And so uh, it, it, it's done in confidentiality. 
Uh, you know, nobody else will know about it, uh, anything like that. Um, but all you have to do is click a link, put a little, little things in, and then show up on November 25th, uh, drive through, and we'll hand it to you, and you can drive on your way. Man, that's awesome. And again, uh, if people want to go to the website, how can they find it? Yeah, if you just go to journeyjonesboro.com and slash Thanksgiving, would be at journeyjonesboro.com slash Thanksgiving. Uh, and that'll take you directly to the registration link. You don't have to look at anything else on there, but it'll take you right there. Uh, like I said, you'll just click that, um, fill in a few little fields on that, and then show up on November 25th at journeyjonesboro.com slash Thanksgiving. And again, a shout out to J Towns for for helping out with that. Because when I look at like you know the cost, if somebody wanted to make a donation, because maybe somebody's listening this morning and they're like, you know, that's an awesome thing. I want to help kind of offset mm-hmm. some of the cost. Uh, the actual yeah. Yeah. The, the donation amount to offset the cost probably doesn't even cover the true food cost. No, it doesn't. I mean, we're just trying to you know, if somebody wants to sponsor a family. Uh, we're saying you, know, you can sponsor a family of four meal for 25 bucks, right. which obviously, like, you know, if you take your family out, I mean, if I could take my family out, I have a family, but yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's going to cost a lot more than 25 bucks yeah. if we go anywhere. Uh, but that's just something to help us offset that. And people have already been generous and wanted to help. And I know at this time of holiday season, you know, we want to provide opportunities because, you know, if you have means, it's a great way to help someone that doesn't. And mm-hmm. so if somebody wants to do that, they can go to our website as well. Uh, if you go to journeyjonesboro.com, uh, up on the corner on the homepage, there's a Give button. You can go to that Give. Uh, it'll take you to our Giving page, and you can just check uh, Thanksgiving. Sponsor, I think it's like Sponsor a Thanksgiving Meal, something of, of that verbiage uh, in the, in the drop-down box. Uh, so you know that money's going directly to those meals, nowhere else. Well, I think that's great, too, as we head into the holidays. You know, most of us as parents, we want to – to leave an impression on our kids. We want to teach them. We want to show them the way that we hope that they're going to live. And I think this is a great thing that you can do if you have the means to give, um, you know, make that a family experience where you all go in and and you Mm -hmm. do that together and your kids know. And I know the importance to you of family. And I would assume that, you know, you've showed your kids awesome things throughout their entire life to try to kind of get them set for their adult lives. Yeah. I mean, I think that is such a, that's such an important part, especially during this season where you're, you're using something that, uh, you know, a holiday, and you're trying to leverage that to not only help people, but also train up the next generation to uh, be even uh, a bigger force for good than you were, you know. And uh, that's how we make our community better. That's, uh, and from our perspective, that's how we extend the gospel, who Christ is, and what he's done for us, how he's free, we, can, we freely receive something that we didn't deserve. Mm-hmm. And uh, we didn't we didn't have to do anything for it. And so I think that that's why it reflects that. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to not just do that during the holiday season, but every month we have what we call a Force for Good uh, initiative, and we'll have those over December and January. And like right now, we're doing a thing for National Adoption Month and, right. and those type of things. And so uh, it's not a one-off thing that we're just doing because it's Thanksgiving. It, it, it Hopefully, like you said, it becomes a part and a pattern of how we live our lives. And again, you can find out more at journeyjonesboro.com. And again, if you're somebody in the car right now, if you know somebody who might need a Thanksgiving meal, this is a great opportunity to to go and, and get one. And if you're able to provide or make a donation, you can do that as well at journeyjonesboro.com. Dan Reeves, he is uh, Mr. Westside Wilderness out there. There we go. We Tell appreciate it, man. Friend, I said hi. I will. Tell your family we said hi as well. All right, man. We'll All right, see man. you guys. Talk to you later. It's a K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families Inc.
Brandon Baxter in the morning. This is the K-Fine Breakfast Club powered by Families, Inc. And if you're looking for a good time, you reach out to this guy. He's the man you need. He is Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care. What's good morning. Up? What's up, good time, Kev? <laughs> that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> good time, Kev. Yo, he is man's best friend. He is our best friend. He is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care on Parker Road in Jonesboro. So, Doc, I have a deal I need your advice on. Have you seen my social media post yet of the raccoon? I have not. No, I haven't. Okay, so I had a raccoon on my back porch this morning who looked really, really cute. Super cute. Extra Uh cute. Like he was using his little hands to eat the dog food that my wife left on the back porch. She promises that that bag of dog food was standing up and rolled up tightly. Is it possible that that raccoon could knock over a bag of dog food and get into it? Oh, definitely. They're they're very uh, dexterous with their with their front feet, and you know they they can undo garbage can lids and get in there and pilfer mm-hmm. get food food scraps and uh, yeah. If you've ever watched one real closely, and a lot of times I I used to have one that would come and get my cat food mm-hmm. when I had an outdoor cat, and the water bowl was right by it, and uh, you know there would always be food or debris in the bowl, and what they do. If they've got water nearby, they wash their food before they eat it. Really? Yeah. So, so this thing, I heard it this morning, and there was this uh, disturbance on the back porch. I was scared because I thought it was a human. I turned on the light, and the raccoon didn't run away when the light came on. I was surprised by that because I figured that maybe the light would trigger him to run. Yeah, they if they've been around people off and on, they they become pretty brazen. You know, I you know I I had a whole a mama and. I, three of her little offspring there that they'd follow her and they'd come in about dusk and eat the food. And, you know, if I was pulling in with the headlights on, she'd kind of look up, stand up on her back feet and go back to eating. It's like, you know, now once I got close, she ran, but you know, just the human exposure makes them a little more comfortable and they're not as skittish around people. So should I be scared of this raccoon? Should I be scared to go in the backyard? No, uh, the only time I would be real wary of a raccoon is if you see it out in the daytime, uh, because they're they're nocturnal uh, animals, mm-hmm. and if they're out during the day, you know, middle of the day, they they could be sick. Uh, you know, especially if you notice any any um, signs of illness, if they're wobbly, if they you know look like they're not taking care of themselves, if their hair coat's unkempt, because they can get distemper and also uh, rabies. You know, they can be a source of rabies. Oh, my gosh. But this thing, like I looked at him, and when I realized he was there, I went and got my phone. I started making the video, and he's down there, and he's using his little hands to eat, like, little pieces of the dog, but he'd reach into the bag, and he'd eat some more. And then I tapped on, like, I tapped on my door to see what he was going to do, and he turned and looked directly into my phone like he was posing for a picture. Yes. And, Kevin, at that point, I freaked out. I don't know if I thought that he could come through the glass or what was going to happen. But you can go. You can tell yeah. me. You can go and look and see if you think he looks rabid. It's because, almost as if he winks at Brandon. Yeah, it's weird. I'm going to check that out for sure. It's up on my socials if you want to go check it out. Leslie says she's right. moving. We literally moved into the house five weeks <laughs> my ago. My vote is for Brandon just to go outside and try to tame it. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> You could always get a live catch trap and, uh, you know, maybe call Game and Fish and have them relocate it to a more uh, less populated area. Take it away from its family, Brandon. No, take it over to Kevin's house. Yeah. (laughs) 
Welcome to your new home. Kevin, we don't live that far from your work. These things are right around us. I had no idea there were this many raccoons kind of in the, oh, yeah. in the center of town. Yeah, just a little patch of woods, and they're there, along with the possums, too. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so that's not the only reason we're talking to you today. You always come in with information on Wet Nose Wednesday to kind of give us information on our pet population, our dogs, cats, I guess raccoons today as well. What do you have for us? Um, this was kind of interesting. This is timely because I actually uh, saw a case yesterday afternoon. A client brought in a new puppy. It's probably seven or eight weeks old, and it was for vaccinations and its first uh, puppy visit. And um, one of the comments was that it has a hole in its abdomen. And um, so anyway, when I examined it, it turned out to be an umbilical hernia. Oh. And that's uh, a protrusion or, you know, just an outward bulging of the abdominal lining or the fat that's right under the skin in the abdomen. Or if it's large enough, it could be um, a portion of, of some abdominal organs like a small intestine. And it's right, it, it's an opening through the area right around the umbilicus or in Kelly terms, that's the belly button of a puppy. <laughs> right. No, thanks. That's and, what I needed. Thank you. <laughs> And it's it's right in the center of the abdomen on on the midline, just uh, just right below the rib cage. And you, if you look, you you see not much hair there, and you can see a little scar. And um, that's the equivalent of our navel, uh, navel or belly button. And you know, before birth, that's where the umbilical blood vessels pass through that umbilical ring, which is a small opening. And that's how the developing puppy or kitten or human uh, gets nourishment right. uh, from the mother. And then after they're born, of course, the umbilical cord is severed. And usually what happens, that will just kind of, is it dries up and it'll form a scar there. Right. But in some dogs, it doesn't, there's an incomplete closure. And, uh, you know, a lot of times if, if there's fat protruding through there, it'll feel like a little soft. You know, you can sometimes reduce it, meaning you can push it back in, but it usually comes right back out. And this was pretty small. It was probably only a little, probably three-eighths of an inch in diameter. And where it can be a problem is if it, uh, if it was, is very large and, say, an inch, inch and a half, where a little loop of intestine could kind of drop down in that little pouch, that pocket, and then twist and, you know, cause a torsion um, of the, of the uh, intestinal tract. So it's not usually an emergency, and especially if they're small and reducible, and usually we recommend repairing them, um, usually when the, the uh, dog or cat is spayed or neutered. Uh, of course, a spay incision is very close to that, so it's just a matter of extending a little bit forward and, and kind of roughening the edges of the, of the muscle there and putting some sutures in, and it'll heal up. And uh, a neuter, of course, you're kind of a distance away. Your incision is not close to the um, umbilicus, so... But it's an elective surgery, and it's a fairly short procedure, you know, to just make another incision and uh, clean up the opening and uh, uh, put some sutures in it. So uh, we see it pretty commonly, and, um, you know, it can can be corrected. Uh, some I've seen dogs 14, 15 years old that have had one since they were born, and, oh, you know, it's so small the owners just never decided to do anything about it. So... Uh, don't don't be alarmed if you get a puppy, a new puppy, and it does have a little little bump there. Of course, it should be checked out, but uh, you know it can be it can be fixed. There you go. He knows everything. He is the man you need. He is Doctor Kevin Reed. <laughs> He's good time, Kev. You like that one too? I'm gonna have so like many. Kevin, have, his hands are up in the air. I'm gonna right have now. so many nicknames. <laughs> 
He is man's best friend. He is our best friend. He is the veterinarian of choice of the Brandon Baxter in the morning radio program. Dr. Kevin Reed from Vet Care on Parker Road in Jonesboro. And Dr. Reed, we hope you have a great week, man. You too. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Talk to you then. It's the K-Fine Breakfast Club powered by Families Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. It is the K-Fine Breakfast Club, which is powered by Families Inc. We have Brad Baker on the phone with us this morning from the Lions Club all over the Mid-South. He is our representative. So good morning, Brad. How are you this morning? Hey, guys. I'm, I couldn't be better. I'm, I, if I was any better, I'd be twins. Boom. There you go. <laughs> so what's life like for you as you guys are you know, trying to, to raise money to help people? Obviously, uh, the pandemic in 2020 is making it a little more difficult and, and really changing the scope of how you guys can fundraise. Well, it has absolutely changed uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt. You know, March uh, came along, and we were doing just fine. We were getting ready to do some fundraising, and all of a sudden we weren't able to meet in person, and then we certainly were not able to meet the public in person to raise any money. And uh, But what it really hurt us, guys, is that we weren't able to go out and do our eye screenings. We weren't able to go and visit people to get them uh, some service, provision, and hearing care. And uh, that that has really hurt us uh, hurt, hurt us more than anything else. I mean, you know, obviously we got to raise money and we got to meet in order to be able to do the service. But the service is the main item or the main aim of Lions Clubs, and so uh, we've been really uh, it's hurt us and it's hurt our, our community not to be able to get out there and do service. Well, and typically we see this auction you guys get to do, and you team up uh, and go out to the studio at Arkansas State, and you do this TV auction. And from what I'm hearing, that's not going to be able to look the same this year either. Well, yeah, we were we were scheduled to go on these on excuse me November the seventh, but uh, as time moved on, it became more clear to us that we were not going to be able to gather uh, in the studio and be able to produce a quality program. And so, uh, with cooperation of ASU TV and others, we decided to go strictly online with our auction this year. So as I have said many times, it's just like a TV auction, only different. Right. <laughs> so you guys, when I, when I look at this, you know, you, you don't want to stop raising money. You don't want to stop helping people because in 2020, during a pandemic, there's probably more people who are uh, in need, more people who have been financially hit by uh, the pandemic and all of that. So you have more need and uh, and less ways to fundraise, but you guys are trying to think outside the box and and find a way to help people, and that's what you're doing with this online auction you guys are doing. Well, you hit the nail on the head. The need has not diminished any. Yeah. In fact, it has increased, and so uh, we have got to try to do something to raise just a little bit of money so that we can go back to helping as many people as possible. Uh, we still provide some eyeglasses here, there, and yon as our funds allow, but we got to raise some money. And, guys, you, you guys need to help us. All your listeners need to help us. LionsTVAuction.com. We're going to have about 75 really nice items from gift certificates to uh, weekends in Memphis to Liberty Bowl tickets to uh, antique rocking chairs to jewelry purses, uh, all kinds of good stuff that you – it's something there for everybody. You can do your Christmas shopping from the comfort of your own home. And, I mean, don't go buy it at Amazon. Buy it from the Lions because we really need the money. You know what? We need to raise all this money, so guess what? So we can give it away. That's what we're trying to do. (laughs) So when does this auction officially launch? Okay, at 12.05 tonight, at midnight plus five minutes tonight – 
if you go online at linestvauction.com, you can be the first person to actually bid on an item. But here's the thing. What you want to do is go all the way to December 4th at 12.05 and be the last person to bid so that you win the item. So we're going to be on for two weeks at lionstvauction.com. Again, you'll just click on a link there that will say register, and once you click on that link, it will take you to the website. You can see, I think you were looking at the website just a minute ago, and you can see all of our great items. We've got good pictures, descriptions. The people around Jonesboro have been extremely generous in donating items. You guys in the media have helped us dramatically to get the message out, and we appreciate that. And, and all we need now is we need the people of northeast Arkansas and around the world on the World Wide Web to get online and bid those items up as high as you possibly can. Yeah. Now, we do have a different way of delivering the goods this year. We are going to ship almost every item, even if it's local, just to make sure it's contact-free and that we stay safe. So uh, you will get your item shipped to you unless it's a really big item or something that we are afraid to break. Right. Those items will be picked up on the 4th and 5th of December uh, through our, uh, our our contacts at Cash Beauty Supply, which is on uh, South Highway 1. Anyway, we are going to try to ship everything out. So go ahead and bid high on everything. The price includes the shipping. Whatever you bid, there will be a little shipping charge added to the end of it. And then we'll take care of getting that, that item to you. Uh, and hopefully we'll mail them out on the 4th or 5th of December. Mm-hmm. And they'll be to your place uh, well before Christmas so that you can wrap them and get them ready to give away. The categories, as I look through the website, we have appliances and art. Uh, we have clothing and accessories, collectibles, food, furniture, gift certificates, health and fitness, jewelry, watches, sports, tickets, travel, toys, games, all of that at lionstvauction.com. And again, at 12.05 tonight, five minutes after midnight, it's going to go live at lionstvauction.com. Brad Baker, we appreciate your time this morning, man. Thanks, guys. I wish I could give you a great big hug. You too, Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) You too. Have a great day, man. All right, y'all take care. Thanks. All right, Brad Baker from the Lions Club. Again, lionstvauction.com to take a look at what's up for bid and start bidding at 12.05 tonight. It's the K-Fine Breakfast Club, powered by Families Inc. Brandon Baxter in the morning. So I'm figuring out who likes me and who doesn't like me on social media. (laughs) Why? Because this morning I had a visitor on my back porch and I recorded it and it was a raccoon. Uh He was cute. I wanted to pet him. Mm Mm-hmm. So some people are telling me, oh, just go out there and pet him. He looks cute and harmless. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then other people are saying he would kill you. So I believe some people are trying to set me up to go outside to get mauled by a raccoon. I believe that is what's happening. Just go feed him. He'd love for you to feed him. I mean, he is cute. But when when I tapped on the glass and he approached the glass and kind of like walked up toward it. He was introducing himself. Oh my gosh, it gives me chills. Now my wife is freaking out. She's afraid to go in the backyard. And uh, our friend Dan Reeves from Journey Church told us that if you have a raccoon and they find food, more than likely they're going to come back with the whole gang of raccoons. It's going to be like a scene from Michael Jackson Beat It. No, I'm going to be out there with my broom and they're going to be out there circling me. It's over for you. So if you haven't seen the video of the raccoon on the back porch, it's up on my socials on Instagram and on Twitter, Brandon on KFIN. On Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Brandon Baxter on the radio. Brandon Baxter in the morning. If you go back and check out today's Brandon Baxter in the morning podcast, you can hear about my early morning visitor. I had a visitor at my house at like 4 a.m. And it's on camera. 
and it's really cute. And I just wanted to reach out and give it a hug and maybe a little smooch. And then I realized, <laughs> oh, that could kill me. So that's on the podcast today. We also had a great chat with Dr. Shane Spites. Uh, and we talk about COVID. We talk about the effect on Thanksgiving, on schools, on uh, churches, on restaurants. Are the masks really working? Why are numbers increasing? All of this. Uh, to me, it's some of the best stuff that we get to do is talk to him about coronavirus and just try to give information because there are so many people who have questions and they read stuff online mm-hmm. and they see a Facebook post. Or they hear a portion of a news conference. But this is like the full thing. Yeah. You get great information. And again, you can check that out on the Brandon Baxter in the Morning podcast, which is available wherever you get your podcasts. Kelly Perry, what's on TV tonight? Okay, on HBO, Crazy, Not Insane, a documentary about Brandon Baxter. No, I'm just kidding. That is awful. <laughs> a documentary about a psych, uh, psychiatrist psychiatrists work with death row inmates, including Ted Bundy and Arthur Shawcross. I know a lot of people will act. They love those shows. Yeah. Way to make fun of me and saying I have problems. Yes. The Masked Singer is on tonight and I can see your voice. I am calling Dr. Dana Watson (laughs) right now. I am going to call her. Well, she's the one that told me. Oh, that is not good news. (laughs) Hope you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you back here tomorrow morning on Brandon Baxter in the morning.